check one, two. Good. I'm gonna, it's okay, I'm gonna take off the, the, the sash. Makes it a little easier to preach. Good morning. God is good? All the time? This is exciting. You know, I, I can't help but reminisce because the last time I preached here at Loma Linda Korean was um, five years ago. And I was in the midst of my biggest challenge then. I was in the midst of my um, cancer. I remember that. It was around October or November. And I went from, so I, I kind of beat Pastor Kim here. I went from 195 pounds down to 155 pounds. But not intentionally. It just kind of, kind of happened. And I remember when I came out here to preach that you guys had a, a, little, um, a little chair over here. And I sat down and I preached. And since then, I've gone from 155 pounds to 215 pounds. And so I actually had to take on a challenge of trying to lose weight. So just like you guys, I started last November. And I said, you know, I, I want to I start losing some weight and feeling a little better. And, and I took on the challenge, a whole different sermon, but I took on a challenge. I said, I want to I be able to do 10 pull-ups by the time I turned 60 and I'm 56 years old. I'm 56. So I have four years. But here's the problem. <laughs> I haven't been able to do a single pull-up my entire life. So um, if you invite me in another five years, I'll tell you how that goes, and I'll give you the this, this story. But the, the good news is that it, I, I feel better. I'm, I'm no longer 215 pounds. I went on, uh, probably I shouldn't say this out, I went a little bit on a paleo diet, did a, a few things. Um, during the main... Christmas season, so you're supposed to gain 15 pounds during the holidays, but instead what happened was I lost 20 pounds between November and January. So it, it, it feels great, feels good, uh, but that's a neatest challenge to be able to do that. Um, and I want to say thank you. Three years of pathfindering, that's, that's a lot to do for a youth pastor in this place. And so thank you for taking that on. I really, really appreciate it. Especially as you guys are getting ready to go to Oshkosh. <laughs> you know, about six months from now, you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to smile and you're going to go, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, but thank you as a husband and wife team because it really, really will take a whole team effort to do that. Uh, we're excited. As you guys know, I was talking to some of the kids. Many of them haven't been to Oshkosh before. And they're estimating about 36,000 young people that will be going to Oshkosh next August. The, the big challenge, of course, is it happens right at the school year. School's starting earlier and earlier. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work out for our kids. But um, it's exciting to be in Pathfinders. Amen? Amen. And on behalf of um, Elder Rudy Carrillo, he's our great master guide um, on Southeastern California Pathfinders. We want to extend our greetings to you. Um, I'm actually the, the family and children's um, ministry director over there, but occasionally I get the privilege of wearing my Pathfinder uniform. Um, got a few years. 
And so um, I actually got a chance to work with your family and children's pastor, Pastor Jenny Kim. And um, kind of a little sad. Uh, I didn't do a very good job because she's leaving. Um, but no, we, I am excited. As we had a chance to spend together last January, we were in Florida. And I know that God's going to bless her because she is faithful. God's going to bless her wherever the Lord leads because she is faithful. So Pastor Jenny, thank you for your ministry and what you're doing today. Today, I'm sorry, I, I put the wrong scripture text. I apologize for the people who read. It's actually, it's actually Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. And uh, maybe I'm a little bit loose because I've been gone all week. I took a group of, um, I took a group of uh, kids with me, and uh, I took a little vacation time, and we went uh, all week. We started Monday morning at 6 in the morning, and we went over to Phoenix to see the Musical Instrument Museum, and then went up to Sedona and spent the day hiking over there. And then the next day, we were over at Grand Canyon and toured that place. And the next day, we went to Antelope Canyon and saw that place, if you've been there, beautiful, and, then, and ended yesterday at Zion. And... Um, arrived last night about 10 o'clock. And so uh, if I feel a little disoriented, it's probably because my body feels like I'm still in the bus driving all the way through. But I'm excited to be here because uh, your topic this week is serving the community. Serving the community. And I think it's such a perfect topic because um, I get to often drive down in New Jersey, in Barton, and right across the street, I see this building going up. Probably more times than many of you, I see this building just slowly taking shape from what started as just just stills to now having a covering. And pretty soon, as I got to drive the other day and, and drove by it, and I'm going like, wow. And I had to ask myself, just a little, just a little uh, caveat here. I had to ask myself, how will this church impact this community? How will this church impact this community? Or will it simply be another addition to the five other churches in that two blocks, right? Right beside the Loma Linda Filipino and Loma Linda Thai Church and Loma Linda Indonesian and Loma Linda Hispanic Church. Will it be just another addition or will it make a difference? And so um, today, uh, maybe I, I get a chance to be a little bit honest but at the same time, uh, a little bit excited about what God is doing in our lives and in this church. Let's bow our heads. Father God, today we ask, what have you called us to do? Where are you taking us? What is it that you have asked? And so, Father, today, as we just get a chance to talk and to dialogue, I just, I just pray, Father, that it would not be my words, but it would be your words that give us a picture of what it is that you have called us. 
I thank you for you are the God who leads in front of us. And you are the God who's behind us, that supports and encourages us. And you are the God who, who walks beside us and holds our hand, knowing that in, no matter what we do, where we go, what we're doing, that we have you by our side. And so, Lord, let my words be your words today. In the loving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So, Pathfinders, I don't know if we had a piece of paper that we were going to pass out to the kids. Just a little quarter piece of paper right there. And to all the little kids in the audience, today, the, the topic, there it is. If you could just pass that out to the kids. And, and if you don't have a paper and pencil, maybe you could just take out your phone and, and you, can, um, you, can, you can mark it down. But the word I'm going to use today is the word step out. Step out. And every time you hear me say the word, what word? Step out. So I see some kids over there. So what word? I'm going to say the word step out. And every time you hear the word step out, I just want you to mark it. And then uh, at the end, if you show me the piece of paper uh, over there, Pastor Isaac says he's going to give you all an ice cream. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have a little price for you at the end. Nothing big. But um, just keep track of the word step out. So I've said it how many times? Three times. So the, the, the theme of the topic this morning is step out. And our verse is actually in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Be bold, be brave, for the Lord your God is with you. Be bold, be brave, for the Lord your God is with you. Let me ask you this. Uh, today, I, I love this children's story of Pastor Jenny. Have you ever done anything truly outside your comfort zone? Truly outside your comfort zone. One of the things I like to do when I take a group of people on a trip, whether I take them through an Oshkosh trip or something, is I like to take them to different restaurants. And one year, I took my whole group of people and I, I ate, we ate at an Ethiopian restaurant. And for many of them, that was outside their comfort zone, right? If you ever, how many here have been to an Ethiopian restaurant? There's one over in Loma Linda, right? You eat with your hands, right? They don't give you knives and spoons and forks. You actually eat with your hands, and they just give you a lot of bread, and, and, and you're all seated around the table, and you're all eating from the same plate. So um, my wife says, we don't do this with other people. So that's outside her comfort zone. But if you want to go something outside... You know, so for some people, man, that was, that was interesting, eating with their, their hands. But have you ever really done something crazy that you thought you would never do and stepped out of your comfort zone? Well, when I was 50 years old, I said I wanted to do something in my bucket list that I've always wanted to do but never had the courage to do it. I wanted to fly. Would that be cool? I wanted to fly. But the problem is, you know, I don't have wings. So the next closest thing that I thought that I could do to, in terms of flying instead was I wanted to jump out of a perfectly good airplane and see how it feels like to simply just be in the air without any wings. So on my 50th birthday, my friend and I, I said to him, hey, he turned 50 as well, and he said, you want to do it? Want to come with me? 
You want to skydive? And so he said, yes, foolish. Um, and him and I, and, and we got a few more friends, and, and we went up in Lake Paris, and they have the thing there where they call it skydive. Like, anyone here skydive before? Oh, one. one. That's awesome. So you know this experience since I'm sharing this with you. How many years ago? 15 years ago. Yeah. So, so my friends and I, we went there this about six years ago, and we went over to, to Lake Terrace, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take this off my, my bucket list. And so we went, and when I did this experience, there was about five things that I learned from this experience. And so Pastor, Pastor Isaac says, you have up to 1220, and afterwards they turn off the mic. So I said, okay, I got to keep it down to five things. So I, I, he was kidding. But five things. So, so stay with me here. Five lessons I learned when I did that adventure of stepping out. Okay? Number one, go like this. Pinky. Wiggle your pinky finger, right? Your pinky finger. You know, one thing I realized, your pinky is your weakest finger. Your w pinky is your weakest finger. And I began to realize that when God asks you to step out, that sometimes fear challenges. That fear, what? Challenges. challenges. That fear challenges. Fear either allows you to rise to the occasion or to crumble under fear. Take the story of the Israelites. Remember when they were brought out to the promised land and they faced Jericho? They went up to the mountains and they faced Jericho and, and Moses decided he was going to send out how many to, to spy in Jericho? Add a little more. Right? Set that. How many? Keep on going. <laughs> Twelve. Remember? One for every tribe represented. So 12 crossed over, is that right? 12 or 10? Help me out here, theologians. Right? 12. So they went out there, and two of them started to go around, and they go like, oh, that's amazing. Look at those grapes. Look at all those kind. And they were so excited, and they were going around and said, this is going to be great. And, you know, the, the Bible talks about how they went out there, and, and the picture that we always see is two guys carrying a what? A bunch of grapes. But then something else happened. The ten other people, they went in. They didn't see the grapes. They didn't see the land flowing with milk and honey. What did they see? They saw the giants. They saw these two people going go like, we're going to fight those? And you see, this is what happens when you, you, when you encounter fear. You either rise to the occasion or you begin to crumble with fear. And all of a sudden, they came back. All 12 of them came back. And two of them says, yes, let's do it. And the other 10 goes, no, we can't. We can't. And so... You know, I begin to realize that, that fear either puts you to your best 
or puts you at your worst. Now, let me ask you this. Has God asked you to do anything that will put you outside your... As pathfinders. As pathfinders. Do you know what pathfinders mean? Right? Look at the word. Pathfinder. Pathfinder. You have been called to find the what? The path. The path that leads to what? The path that leads to a beautiful home? Is it the path to lead to a big career? It's the path that leads to where? To heaven. And so i got to ask you this. What kind of path are you following as a pathfinder? And as a pathfinder, are you excited about being a pathfinder? I mean, not really excited about being a pathfinder. Do you go out and do you say, hey, do you go to a friend who maybe doesn't know about God and say, come, join me. I'm in this thing called a pathfinder, and it's awesome. And you know what? We not only get to do great things, we get to go out and outside our comfort zone. And guess what? It's a lot of fun. Ask yourselves. Or maybe it's something like this. We're going to go out on a mission trip. I know you guys do a lot of mission trips in this church, and it's amazing, right? But, but sometimes God asks you to go outside your comfort zone. And when you take on this pathway in your club, definitely outside the comfort zone. God's going to stretch your families in ways that you're going like, oh, my goodness. But here's what I discovered. When God calls, he already has what? Empowered. He's already given strength. He's already provided. He's already done everything for you to be able to complete the task. So remember, fear, fear challenges. And you can rise or you can crumble. And then the second one, what is this called? The ring finger. Wave your ring finger. And the ring finger, what typically goes on the ring finger? The ring. The ring. Yes. Right? And I would like to think that the ring finger represents this, that a teammate encourages. A teammate, what? encourage us. You know, I had to ask my prayer partner, hey, are you willing to go jump out of the plane with me? And if he said, if he came to me and he says, no, are you crazy? I probably wouldn't have done it. Because I probably would have been afraid to do it by myself. But when he said yes, now it was a lot harder to what? Back out. And I was asking Pastor Isaac, so Pastor Isaac, what was your secret? Were you able to do it? And he says, no, I did it by myself. And here's the challenge when you do things by yourself. You know you're supposed to go like, oh, you know, I got to go to the gym three times a week, or I got to do 10,000 steps or something like this, or I just got to eat the right food, right? And so it's like, you, maybe you should decide, I'm going to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Wednesday morning comes, and Pastor Isaac goes up, and he goes like, oh, I'm just tired. Being a pastor gets me tired. And then when you're by yourself, who's going to hold you accountable? No one. But if you have a friend that's there helping you, he's going to call you up and he goes, Hey, Isaac, get out of bed. Come on, it's 6 in the morning. we got to go to the gym, 
Really? Yes, we got to go to the gym. And so now because somebody else is encouraging you, you are more likely to what? To go. And so if you want a secret to conquering something, make sure that you have a friend who travels along with you. Because a teammate encourages. What does the Bible say? Two are better than what? Than one. Because when one falls, the other one can help you up. Now, look, look at this part over here. Could you imagine these guys? They were, on the river, they were going there in the River of Jordan, and God tells, cross the River Jordan. Cross the River Jordan. And back then, the one who took the lead in the River Jordan were these four guys that were carrying this thing called the Ark of the what? The Covenant. They're walking to the Ark of the Covenant, and it's Joshua chapter, um, I think, 3, 15, and 16. If you could have that up really quick. It says, now the Jordan is at the flood stage. What, what stage? So is the water low or high? It was high. The Jordan is at the flood stage all during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from where? Upstream or Downstream upstream stopped flowing. Now catch this, right? The water from upstream, someplace they didn't even see, began to stop flowing. They stepped into the water. The water was gushing really high, and then I noticed that, you know, we, we've gone, have anyone done the water rafting, like, you know, at the, over there, right? Isn't that cool, the water rafting? But they stepped into the water, but unlike the Red Sea, you know what happened when Moses lifted his rod at the Red Sea, right? What happened? The sea parted. But here this is a different circumstance. The, the four guys stood there with the ark. They were the first ones that supposed to go in. They stepped and they looked and the water was gushing. And Joshua said, go in it. And he goes, ah, yeah. Could you imagine if you were one of the four guys? He goes, but we've got this ark. And they had to step into the water. And guess what? The water didn't part. The waters didn't part. The water stopped flowing where? Way upstream. They didn't even see where the water was the water so if you could you imagine this the water stopped over there and the water still continued whatever was left over could, could you imagine this the four guys thinking to themselves looking around and says you know we could possibly drown the water's really high and we're supposed to walk in but i could imagine some of the other guys saying hey aren't we the fantastic four right Aren't we the fantastic four? All for one and one for all. Truly, Joshua is not going to ask us to do something that we're not able to do. So they said, hey, I don't know what we have to do. Maybe if we get in the middle of the water, we just have to hold our breath. But we're going to do this. And so all four of them there, and they started to walk into the water. And the water started to gush. And they were walking and walking. And as they got through the middle of the water, they noticed what happened. The water began to decrease until it finally stopped. 
But you see, it wouldn't have taken as much faith if they said, I'm going to wait here and see if the water stops, and then I'll cross. They had to what? They had to cross in the middle of the rushing water. You see, and if they were by themselves, they probably said, I don't know if I could do that. But because the four of them were together, they said, hey, guys, we can do this. And so they went. So one thing I realized is when I was doing that jumping thing, I would have backed out right away if there wasn't someone out there that's saying, hey, we're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to do this together. So again, on those four things, what does the pinky do? The pinky what? Challenges. What's the, the, what's the ring finger? Teammate encourages. Finally, you have your middle finger. Wave your middle finger. You notice something here? My middle finger is the what? It's the tallest of them all. My middle finger is the tallest of them all. And what I began to find out, when God asks you to do something really crazy outside of your comfort zone, here it is, that the vision enlarges. That the vision enlarges. That all of a sudden, you're able to see things that maybe you wouldn't have been able to see before. One of the coolest things we did yesterday when we were going up there is when we hiked up to the top of the rock and we looked around, and it was amazing, the view from on top. And so I, I got to tell you the story. So we have this thing. Um, when, when you're going uh, skydiving, they give you the watch. But the watch is not like the watch here that says the time, the clock. They call it an altimeter watch. Altimeter, I think is how they pronounce it. An altimeter watch. And what the ultimate reduction is, is as the plane takes off, the watch begins to go, and, it, and it's not a clock. It has like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. And the guy says, when that hand reaches 12,000 feet, that's when you jump. That's when you know you're ready to jump. So it was really, there's about like maybe 24 of us. We, 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 we got into this jumpsuit, right? We got into this jumpsuit kind of thing. We tightened it up. We, we got some strap. And it was, you know, the experience was really strange because if typically when you do something, people encourage you, but not over there. When you're going over there, they give you three pages of the sign. All the things that you know what may happen if you do this. He goes, you know that you may die. You know that, et cetera. And then when you finish signing all three pages that tells you that you may die and that you cannot sue them, they put you in front of a camera and they make you repeat the words, I understand what I am doing. <laughs> and I get that I may die, but I'm going to do this anyways. I kid you not, they literally film you saying this. And so after you've gone through all of that, then they finally get you together. All of us, we're all together. We, we got in this plane, and this plane isn't very big. You know, it's a, kind of a small plane, and, and, and we get in, and we're all squeezily tied all together. We're squeezily tied all together like this, right? We're, we're kind of, and then the strangest thing, we're all squeezed tightly in, and then I'm looking at my altimeter, and the thing's going five, six, seven, eight. Nine. 
And then when he starts to hit 10, he says, he says to me, the guy who was going to jump out with me, see, the guy who was, he introduced himself, I forgot his name, he was just as tall as I was. Big guy. He was just as tall as I was. And we were in the plane, we were seated beside each other, and then when he hit 10,000 feet, he says, um, I want you to sit on my lap. <laughs> really crowded, right? The plane. And, and we were beside each other, and, and you want me to what? I want you to sit on my lap. And I looked around to see if anybody else was sitting on their lap kind of thing, right? And he goes, okay. So I kind of got off the, the, the thing, right? And he kind of screwed over underneath me. And then I sat on his lap. And then he took this couple of straps and he, he kind of attached it to the strap that I was. And then I felt the strangest thing like, and he's like, really close. <laughs> really close. I'm going like, oh, wow. I, you know, next to my wife, I don't think I've been to anybody that close before. It was really close and tight. I just, it's, it's like, oh, my goodness. And I'm, I'm looking, and he says, 11, 12, and he goes, okay. He goes, now, as each, each, each two people jump, he goes, we're going to we're going to scoot over. And so, how do we do this? I'm sitting on top of him. He's there. And he goes, we're going to scoot over. Okay. You know, I, trying, trying to scoot over. Two big guys trying to coordinate, scooting over till, you know, till we, we hit the edge. And he goes, okay, now we're going to stand up. And, you know, I don't know if you ever kind of were going like this. And, 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 and I'm, watching, I'm watching the guys, each one, jump off one at a time. And, uh, and finally, we got to the edge. And um, there was, you actually pay someone to, to videotape the whole experience. And he's got a, a GoPro on his, his wrist. So he's, he's, um, he's taking a picture here, and somebody jumps ahead of time. And I said to him, you know, listen, um, one of the instructions was you can't take a Dramamine and I get motion sickness so easy. You can't take a Dramamine. You can't wear a patch. You want to make sure that you're, you're very coherent. And so I said to the guy that I was strapped onto really tight, I said, listen, I just want to get down. He goes, don't do anything fancy. Don't do anything like twirling around. I, I, I don't want to experience that. I just want to jump off, pull the chute, and gently land down so that I could say, I've done it. Right? I've done it. And so we're there together. And he goes, you know, are you ready? And then as soon as we jumped off, you know, it just it didn't seem a long time. And all of a sudden, you know what he starts to do? He starts to twirl around. And he goes like, oh, man, what are you doing? You know, he was kind of twirling around. And it wasn't a long time, but for me, it felt like forever. I'm going like, oh, I think I'm going to be sick. You know, so it was going around like this. And, and then finally, there's the other guy with a, with a camera, right? He stands in the camera of me, and I'm here. I'm blue. I'm about to turn sick. And he goes, smile, I'm filming you, okay? You know, and he goes, how do you guys feel? Oh, I feel great, you know? And, and he, they're filming me over there, but my stomach was gone. But one thing I noticed, and he says, and he says, when you're up there, he goes, don't look down because the wind is just like this, right? So he goes, look straight ahead. But I didn't pay $200 to look straight ahead. 
I wanted to see what was below me. And so, if you could see in the picture, in the camera, I stuck my head out and I was looking, and the wind was going, yeah, it was just, it was just blowing like crazy. And, um, but you know what was so cool? Is when you were looking down, you began to realize how high you are. And then you begin to realize how much more you could see. You see, when God challenges you, he gives you God-sized vision. Otherwise, he would just simply keep you on the ground. Sometimes God asks you to do things that maybe you've never asked to do, and he asks you to go beyond what you think you can imagine. But when you step up to the par, when you step up to the plate, when you go as high you can, you begin to see that God gives you a vision bigger than maybe you can even imagine. And I've got to ask myself, as a church, what vision has God asked us? Is God asking us to step out or to simply play church? You think, I, I'm going to be careful here because I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the conference and I get a chance to visit a lot of churches and I got to be honest, so I'm going to say this very carefully. Oh good, Pastor Park has left. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> Okay, I was going to change what I was about to say. (laughs) Can I have an honesty moment here for a second? And uh, today, he's just a church member and not a conference day. He told me. He goes, this is my day off, so I'm not a conference person. But I think, as I visit many of our churches... I think we don't get it. I think that sometimes we've lost the vision and we simply play church. We come in on Sabbath, we leave at the end of the day or the service. Maybe if we're lucky, we'll go in the middle of the week, maybe do a pathfinder here or there. But if our church disappeared, Sometimes I think nobody would ever miss us. And I've got to ask, is God giving us a bigger vision than to simply play church? And you know, I'm tossing out there, and I know I'm going to sound a little hard here, but we're building one of the most beautiful churches that I've seen in the paperwork in Loma Linda, But I know that God is building that church simply not just to be the most beautiful church in that area, but because he has a plan and he has a purpose. Amen? And I think as a people, we've got to ask, what is that vision, God? Because if we don't catch the vision, then we're simply playing church. I'm excited. I know I've seen some of your plans, so I'm I'm pretty bold to be able to say that. I've seen some of your plans, some of your growth, what you guys are wanting to do. 
But here's what I discover. Planning and doing are two separate things. Pastor, is that right? Planning and doing are two separate things. And I, I can't wait to visit your church three or four years from now. And instead of a Pathfinder report, we hear a report of this is how this church is impacting this community. This is what we're doing to reach out not only to the upper class, but to those who truly need God's word. Pathfinders, I can't wait to hear reports of how you're doing things around the community that impacts the kids and the families of that area. And when we become obedient, what I begin to realize is God does amazing things. He begins to do things that maybe we haven't even thought of or imagined or pictured. So when God calls us to step out, remember what he said? Fear what? Challenges? Teammates encourages. Vision enlarges. And finally, this one right here. God has your back. God has your back. And one of the things I realized is when I was sitting on that guy, I said to him, are we going to be okay? And he says, listen, if you die, I die. <laughs> he goes, I've got your back. He goes, from here on out, I'm your best friend ever. <laughs> and right now, he was really close. <laughs> And guess what? He was there for me. There was only one parachute, not mine. It was his. And I noticed that when we were up in the air, he says, um, it's time to pull the, the chute. And I didn't quite know where it was. That's a problem. And he took my hand and he placed it. He goes, here it is. And I grabbed it. And it was the neatest rush. Because I went from floating and as the parachute went up, it went like, Whoosh! it was kind of like, you know, things that went up and it was, it was the neatest thing ever. And after I went, Whoop! and then I said, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like one of those roller coaster rides and it went shot straight up. And the last one here, as we end our sermon, is this. When God calls you to step out, it helps 
you grow. When you're all said and done, do this. When you're all said and done, you're going to be what? A-okay. You're going to be A-okay. Now, could you imagine by now when this story took place, when this story took place of Joshua and he told the people to cross the land, who was no longer around? Moses was no longer around. Moses was already dead. Moses was gone. And it was just Joshua now with all of these people. And Joshua hasn't done any miracles like Moses. Moses, you know, he took, he, he, he took the rod and he allowed water to come out from the rock. He, he lifted his thing and the Red Sea parted out. He caused quail and managed to go on. All of a sudden, Joshua goes like, uh, yeah, how do I... How do you get the people to follow me? And it's interesting that God used the Jordan River because he said, as he told the people to cross, and the Jordan River stopped flowing and they go across. On that next verse, Joshua chapter 4. It said this. That that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of who? All of Israel. And they stood in awe of him for the days of his life. Just as they stood in the awe of Moses. You see... That challenge that everyone looks at says, oh man, how am I going to get these people to the promised land? Was what God used when they go like, hey, look at this guy. Because of him, the river stopped flowing. And when they crossed through, they not only crossed the river Jordan, they defeated who? Jericho. They came back full circle from where they started. And you know, do you remember those ten guys that were with Joshua and Caleb? Guess where they are now? They were dead. At this time, Joshua and Caleb were like in their 70s. Do you believe that? They were like in their 70s. And they were leading the people. And now they had to conquer the land. They went all the way around. Everybody else died, including their leader. And they were left. But you know, the Israelites defeated Jericho. And they didn't even have to, what? Lift a sword to take the battle on. I want to kind of show you. I took a little, like, five-minute glimpse of the experience I had. Uh, so I had a little video. I told you it's a little video. I'm going to show you a little video clip of what it was like um, diving or skydiving.
It's not going to go on. Oh. I'm going to give it one more minute. As they were going up, I want us to review the five things that happens when God calls us to step out. Right? How many times have I said it so far? Eleven. That's pretty good. I I said step out eleven times? (laughs) I have the, I have the, do you guys want to play it off my USB drive? So let's see if your parents remember what they are, right? What does the pinky stand for? Fear. Fear challenges. The ring finger. Teammate encourages. The big finger. Vision enlarges. The pinky. The index, the pinky, the index, God has your back. And when it's all said and done, you're A-OK. Oh, it's going to be A-OK, I heard. Here we go. See it over there. the fear in my eyes <laughs> so I told them nice and easy what does he do he spins me around To be honest, I was supposed to have my hands straight up like this, but I wanted to feel like how it's to fly, so I put my hands on the side. So I wasn't following instructions.
See us trying to scoot over. See my face. I needed to lose 20 pounds. So we could stop it from here. It was an experience I'll never forget. But it also taught me a lesson in life. That when you are challenged, you need someone with you. You need someone to watch your back. And you need to know that God has you whenever he calls. Let us pray. Father God... Thank you for this opportunity to share from life experiences the challenges that you lead us. And as Pathfinders, Father God, I like the song that says, For we are the Pathfinders strong. The servants of God are we, faithful as we march along in kindness, truth, and purity. A message to tell to the world. A truth that will set us free. King Jesus, King Jesus, my Savior, is coming back for you and me. Amen.